From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. There it is, sound of the closing bell at the New York Stock Exchange as we wrap up trading on this Wednesday, August 3rd. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all advancing the Dow, snapping a seven-day losing streak. S&P 500 index ending a two-day decline. Stocks moved higher as investors weigh whether the latest corporate earnings, economic data, and a rebound in crude prices could spur further gains as equities trade near records. Financial shares rose with AIG, American International Group, having its biggest jump in four years after profit beat estimates. AIG surging 7.3% to 58.11. Oil jumping more than 4% to rise back above $41 a barrel. Following weekly supply data lifting energy producers, West Texas Intermediate crude up 4.1% of $1.61 a barrel to 41.12. Michael Allison is portfolio manager at Eaton Vance Management. He was our guest today right here on Taking Stock. Well, number one, in terms of just sort of the market backdrop, we've been fairly surprised at how uh, steadily the wall of worry has been climbed. You know, there's a lot to worry about. Chinese situation, Brexit, election uncertainty, economic uncertainty, Fed policy, all those sorts of things. And yet the market has just continued to you know, to march upward um, in relatively sanguine fashion. And speaking of Fed policy, Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago President Charles Evans says an interest rate increase could be warranted this year as the economy picks up steam, even though he is still worried that inflation is too low. The tenure up 430 seconds, yield 1.53 percent. Gold down 820 the ounce to 1360, a drop there of six-tenths of one percent. And the S&P, as we recap here, up six to 2163, a gain of three-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials up 38, a gain of two-tenths of one percent. And at 4.02 on Wall Street now, let's take a look at the other stories making news. Charlie, thank you. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Mark Crumpton. France's president is weighing in on Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump. French President Francois Hollande says Donald Trump's excesses in the U.S. presidential race are sickening. Hollande, speaking with journalists over drinks, warned against the authoritarian tone adopted by Trump. Hollande also says he was not happy when the Republican presidential nominee spoke ill of the memory of a soldier. It's a reference to the war of words between Trump and the parents of a Muslim-American soldier who was killed in Iraq. Hollande says if the American people choose Trump, it will have consequences worldwide because the U.S. is a global economy. Michael Barr, Bloomberg Radio. The federal emergency declaration for Flint, Michigan, expires August 14th. But city, state, and federal officials are reassuring residents they're still working to provide them with safe water. 
Bob Kaplan is the EPA's acting regional administrator. How long EPA will be here will be driven by the facts and the science, by the water quality and not by a date on the calendar. The most decorated athlete in Olympic history will carry the American flag during the opening ceremony of the Rio Games. Michael Phelps was selected in a vote by members of the U.S. Olympic team. Fire officials are investigating a massive fire last night that gutted a grocery store in Queens that had served the neighborhood nearly a century. It took more than 160 firefighters several hours to put out that blaze at the Strawberry Farm supermarket at 150th Street and 24th Avenue in Whitestone. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Mark Crumpton. This is Bloomberg. Charlie? And we thank you. And we are on Tesla Watch. Tesla shares uh, down today by six tenths of one percent. Tesla now at two twenty five seventy nine. Recapping a move higher for equities. S and P snapping a two day losing streak up six to twenty one sixty three. A gain of three tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pelleton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Move around. Motion creates the motion. I feel the earth move on the moon. You move like they do. I've never seen anyone move that fast. All right, people, let's move like we've got a purpose. Something's called movers and shakers. They cost a little more, but that name cracked me up. Bloomberg Taking Stock, Movers and Shakers, with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Movers and Shakers for this Wednesday, August the 3rd, 2016, broadcasting live from Atlantic Wharf in Boston, site of Smith & Walensky, taking a look at the S&P 500. 322 issues are higher, 182 declined, and one remain unchanged. Let's go to Bloomberg's stocks columnist Dave Wilson to begin our Movers and Shakers. Well, you know, a lot of those S&P 500 stocks are on the New York Stock Exchange, and uh, one of them is the owner of the exchange, and that would be Intercontinental Exchange, or ICE. Now, they reported second quarter results that topped analysts' average estimates in the Bloomberg survey. ICE said they're buying back a billion dollars of stock. The key thing, though, is that they plan a 5 for one stock split. ICE has one of the most expensive stocks on its own markets, and so the split will bring down the price of a single share. Uh, ICE with a gain of 5.3% in today's trading, closing at $278.02. Taking a look now at handbag maker Kate Spade, which, Dave, of course, you were talking about as uh, taking stock opened today. Uh, I think at that point it was down about 22%. So not quite as bad, but still an 18% decline today after Kate Spade said that profit will be 63 to 73 to 70 cents a share in the year ending January after previously forecasting 70 cents to 80 cents. Analysts had a projected 78 cent average for their profit over that time period. And, you know, Kate Spade's been trying to reduce promotions at department stores and then sell more items at full price, not discounted, not on sale because they want to maintain the brand's cachet. You know what's standing in their way? A dearth of foreign tourists to the United States. They've put off visits because of the strong dollar, slowing foot traffic, 
and forcing the company to mark down merchandise. And of course, Pim, there's also competition from, you know, increasingly strong rivals like Coach and Michael Kors. I'm going to tell you about 21st Century Fox, the company just releasing its fourth quarter results, uh, EPS of 45 cents a share compared to estimates of 37 cents a share. The stock is higher by about three and a half percent in after hours of trading. The company also announcing an incremental three billion dollar share buyback program. Once again, the stock of 21st Century Fox higher in after hours trading by about three and a half percent. You know, there's a certain amount of irony that the shares of Twitter are moved by tweets. That's what happened today, though. Uh, there was some speculation out there that uh, two of Twitter's largest shareholders, former Microsoft chief executive Steve Ballmer and Saudi Prince Awalid bin Talal, would buy the social network shares they don't already own. And between them, they have an 8.8% stake in Twitter. Analysts uh, were rather skeptical. We talked to Axiom Capital's Victor Anthony, Wedbush's Michael Pactor, and uh, neither of them uh, put much credence in the speculation. Uh, nonetheless, you had Twitter shares with a gain of 7.25% in today's trading. Well, hey, uh, Dave, as you know, AIG, American International Group, also gaining about that amount, 7.3% today after it said it will buy back $3 billion of stock after second quarter profit climbed 6.3%, helped by asset sales. This is something that the CEO, Peter Hancock, has been doing along with slashing jobs to boost margins after posting losses for three straight periods through the first quarter. AIG also announcing today that it's reduced bets on event-driven and long short strategies, scaling back its hedge fund investments, Pim. And Fitbit, pretty fit stock today. The shares of Fitbit up more than 13%. This is the biggest gain in more than three months. They reported second quarter results that exceeded analyst estimates. The company reported that revenue grew 46% in the second quarter compared to a year earlier. Revenue coming in at $586 million. Fitbit's earnings also exclude some costs, but the shares, as I mentioned, up more than 13%. Time now for the Volatility Index Report, brought to you by CBOE VIX Options and Futures. Volatility can be harnessed with CBOE VIX Options and Futures. See disclosures. Learn more at cboe.com slash powerful outcomes VIX. Well, the VIX down about a half point at 12.86 at the close. Putting this in some perspective, according to a report from the head derivative strategist at Macro Risk Advisors this week, he points out that the gap between CBOE, the, the volatility index contracts, and the underlying index, the VIX, widened last month to its highest positive reading since September 2012. He says markets are pricing in greater risk premium in the next few months. All right, Dave, you're up. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Dave. Wilson, where are you? Wilson! Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? We're going for the price on Wilson. Open up the door, it's Dave! Who? Dave! Hey, Mr. Dave Wilson, tell us about Nation Star Mortgage. I certainly will, but first, quarterly earnings at some companies are so predictable that analyst estimates are accurate down to the penny. Others defy any attempt at predictions, and Nation Star Mortgage Holdings is a good example. Uh, data compiled by Bloomberg shows the home loan servicing company's earnings per share differed from analyst consensus estimate in the Bloomberg survey by an average of 34% since 2012. That's when Nation Star went public. 
Quarterly sales varied from projections by an average of about 20%. Now, NationStar, whose ticker is NSM, reported second quarter results today. There was even more of a disparity than usual. On the one hand, adjusted uh, EPS beat estimates by 42%. On the other, revenue trailed by 35%. Now, the earnings carried the day. Citigroup analyst Michael Kay raised profit projections and lifted his 12-month uh, share price estimate by a dollar to $14. And he's neutral on the company. Others were anything but neutral. And in fact, NationStar actually got to Kay's 12-month estimate in a single day, the stock jumped almost 19%. It was the biggest one-day advance since going public, and it closed at $14.01. Dave Wilson, our stocks editor, thank you so very much. I'm Kathleen Hayes along with Pim Fox. We're going to be continuing our special broadcast live at Smith & Molesky here in Boston. This is Bloomberg. Coming up on Taking Stock, we'll take stock of Tesla Motors. The shares are down about 6% so far this year. The company reports results later today. We've got details. The countdown has begun. This May, a 1,000 global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.